Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the living Jesus. Hallelujah. This morning is a day that we are celebrating and also commemorating the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. And when we check the scriptures, we discover that in the book of Matthew, it was recorded in chapter 27, when we read from verse 32 to 43. In the Gospel of Luke, chapter 22, from verse 14 to 23, and the place that was read, that is John, chapter 19, from verse 11 to verse 30. And that verse 30, compared to John, chapter 3, verse 16, that's where we take the message. John, chapter 3, verse 16, is a common verse. The scripture says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believe in him shall not what? Perish, but have everlasting life. Let's shout that everlasting life very well. Yes. So Jesus' death is to give us what? Everlasting life. And uh, you must not forget that Jesus said from verse 14, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And in chapter, six, uh, chapter 19, verse 30, that was where we discover what Jesus said. When Jesus therefore had received the binder, I said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. Hallelujah. Amen. Now I'm talking to you this morning that the cross, or you see, cross, the expression of God's love to mankind. The cross, the expression of God's love to mankind. And that talks about the efficacy of what? Of the cross. The efficacy of the cross lies in the love that God shower upon man. About this time, around 2,000 years ago, the greatest event in the history of this world took place in a country that was loved by God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The greatest event had been planned by the Almighty Creator of the universe even before the creation and was accomplished outside the gate of Jerusalem. There, Jesus, the exact representation of the radiance of God, was nailed to a cross. He was lifted up according to his own prophecy in that John chapter 3, verses 14 and 15, so that everyone who will be drawn to him will know the saving grace and power of an extravagant Heavenly Father's love. Today, which is Good Friday, 
we are remembering that love in Jesus sacrificed for us. We are celebrating his love and it is my prayer that eternity will be our reward in Jesus' name. Amen. Can I hear a louder amen? amen? Eternity can never fathom the depth of love that Christ revealed on the cross. You can see for someone to love you, he did not commit any sin and he suffered for your sin and uh, he was ready to go onto the cross in shameful death. Yes, death on the cross or death on the cross is a shameful death. He did not commit any sin, but because of your sin and my sin. So that's why I said eternity can never fathom the depth of love revealed in the cross of Calvary. It was there that the infinite love of Christ, Christ and the abandoned selfless, uh, selfishness of Satan. You know, Satan was very selfish. Satan thought that he has won the battle. When Jesus was being nailed to the cross, he did not know that uh, the cross is the beginning of what? Restoration. The cross was the beginning of uh, redemption. The cross was the basis through which man that devil took away from God. It was that same cross that man returned back to who? To, to God. I told you that story that a young boy was lost and uh, he doesn't know the way back home and uh, the police that were parading saw him and he said at the center of the city there is a light there. If you can take him to that light, he will know his way back home. And he said that light was designed in form of a cross. That by taking him to that cross, he will what? He will know his way back home. And when they took him to that place, he was able to locate his way back to his father. So the only way back to God is the way of the cross. And it should be known to you that without cross, there is no crown. The crown of Jesus on the cross was not a, a bearable one. It was not a very a good one. But without that cross, no one will have given him a name that is above every other name. And through that name today, every name is what? Must bow. And every tongue we what? We confess. Praise the Lord. So we are so fortunate. We are so delighted that Christ in his infinite mercy showed us unusual favor by dying on the cross for us. The almighty God that we are serving will help us so that we will follow him. Not like Judas Iscariot, Amen. but we will follow him. Like Peter and Paul, and we will live with him in Jesus' name. Amen. Now let us see brief history about the cross. In the administration of God, Law is the basis upon which everything is made to rest. Law of it. So everything rests on law. That means don't do this, do this. In the beginning, the Lord said unto Adam and said, I put you in this garden so that you can keep until the garden. Then you can eat everything you want here. But there is a law that is guiding you. There is a commandment that you must obey. There is a rule 
that you must follow. There is a principle here. Praise God. And the principle says, you must not eat this one. You can eat anything you like, but this one, thou shalt not eat. Because the very day you eat, that is the day you will die. Praise the living Jesus. So the law is the foundation of God's truth. The stability of government and character and the expression of his love and wisdom depends on what? On law. Anywhere you are, there must be a rule that is guiding you. Even in your family, husband and wife, there must be principle, there must be standard, there must be rules that you are following. In every nation, there is what we call the rules of what? The rules of law. That is what you follow. If you break it, no matter who you are, no one is above the law. So now let's look at it. That same law that was guiding the, the, the what? The throne of God was the same law that Satan broke. And he said, I want to exalt myself above that same God. And that was what he came and told Eve that you will be like God. Because he wanted to be like God, but he failed. And now came again to introduce that man that God made in his own image. That man will be like God. Rebellion. Hallelujah. So disobedience to this law caused the fall of Satan and his host. All the angels that rebel with him became demons. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Do you know people are worshiping them till tomorrow? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Disobedience to, see, to, to God's command by Adam and Eve opened the floodgate of woe upon the world and plunged the whole human family onto impenetrable what? darkness. Aye the earth entered into great darkness until Jesus came. So if you are living up, like in Christ's Apostolic Church now, we have rules, we have code of conduct, every church has ways of doing things. Abi, if you are not obeying, then you are breaking the law. No matter who you are. Government of Nigeria have rules. If you are not obeying, you are breaking the law. Since the divine law is as sacred as God Himself, if you read Psalm 19, only the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the souls. That is what the psalmist says. So if you have money. It's sacred. Only one equal with God will make atonement for his transgression. Atonement for man. No man on earth can do that because we are completely uh, what all of us came from Adam at his fallen stage. So we are the we are tracing this history. Come and sit down here. It has been lost here. You know what I mean. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, the seed of the woman refers to none than the Lord Jesus Christ in the book of Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. Jesus Christ came to die for man's sin. 
and to redeem him back to God. So what we are celebrating today is about our salvation, it's about our redemption, and if redemption will take place, there must be a ransom, there must be a price. No wonder Peter said, you have been bought with a price, with something that is very precious. You are not the owner of yourself. Most of us make mistakes, believing that we own ourselves, that we can do whatsoever we like. No, you can't, because you are not the owner of yourself. Somebody paid, someone bought you, and whosoever bought you, that person, you belong to such a person. Praise the Lord. Now, we have seen that uh, the, the template or the plot through which Christ came to die is a serious plot. It's a serious basis. And what was the basis? It's breaking of the law. So if you are still committing sin, you are still breaking the law, it means the death of Jesus on the cross has no meaning to you. It has no effect over your life. It's as if you don't know what you are doing. It's as if you have lost it completely. So you must know that uh, there is nothing you can do. Listen to me. There is nothing you can do to impress God. Are you hearing me? If you are gifted, it's a gift. Who gave you the gift? Eh? Then why do you want to use your gift to impress Him? You can sing, yes, all well and good. You can dance, all well and good. Then uh, you have gift of giving, all well and good. But you must not forget that uh, that thing you give is small compared to what others are giving. If you give 1,000 hours an offering, maybe in your local church people say it is that only that man that used to give 1,000 hours. But there is another church where someone is giving 1 million. Are you hearing me? So you cannot use your gift to impress God. You may impress your pastor. You may impress your bishop. You may impress people. But you can never. There's nothing you can use to impress him. That's everything. So that is why you must not always struggle to please men. Jesus came on the basis that Adam and Eve broke the law. And it is a pity that up to now, people are still breaking that same law. People are still using the name of Jesus to break the same law. And Jesus cannot die twice. If you reject his death once, then you will die twice. So what we are celebrating today is a very good thing. Every day, we are born again. But if we are not born again, that can be so dangerous to us. We will not celebrate in vain in Jesus' name. Can I hear a better amen? Now let's see the historical development of this word cross. Cross. The word efficacy, you know, my topic to you is the cross, the expression of what? Of God's love to mankind. And there, I let you know that uh, it is talking about the efficacy of what? Of the cross. So, and you know, 
When you say efficacy is power to produce the, de the desired what? Result. The expected result. That is, efficacy of prayer is that you have the ability to what? To see the result while you are praying. That is what it means. So, so the desired result or effect of the cross is that man will not perish. Man will not what? So the cross is the means through which God produces his desire to redeem mankind back as Jesus became the Lamb of God for redemption. Hallelujah. Amen. It is not just for you to put on new clothes and new faces. No. It is more than that. It is for God to see that you are, you are now on his own kingdom. Because since you are celebrating and you are unable to resurrect when the trumpet sound and your ear cannot hear it and you know it will be a painful thing if it sounds and you are in the church and you are not raptured. Yes, it is possible that the revival will be going on and the revivalists will be shouting. Oil will bring 20,000 so that I can pour this oil that I brought from Jerusalem. You will be pouring oil on people and the people, some of them, raptured and they will still standing there shouting, come and receive oil of Jerusalem. It is possible you are dancing a willow in the church and trumpet sound and you don't hear. So the efficacy of the cross is that Jesus, his death on the cross was the basis through which you can return back to God. You know, one thing you need to know is that the reason why you have accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior is that you will have what? Eternal life. Not that you will have wealth. Not that you can have money. Not that you can have breakthrough. Not that you can be famous. No, all those things are addition. That is his own duty. There are things you don't need to trouble yourself. They will come naturally. If nature doesn't want to release them, then supernatural forces will force them to assist in your life. Brothers and sisters, as we are commemorating the death, the painful death, not only painful, but shameful death of God himself, it will be a shameful thing again if you are left over. God forbid in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm not so hard on you this morning. So we want to see the history behind the cross. Number one, let's mention few. One, the cross is a method that the Romans used to execute Jesus Christ. Why? It was the most painful and degrading form of capital punishment in the ancient world. The capital punishment, degrading, shameful, painful, slow death. 
the most honorable death in ancient world then was to be beheaded. Because the moment they head this off, what is he going to use to cry? I'm asking you. Oh, no, me, oh, no, me, oh. But when your head is no longer working, you don't feel any pain. That was the type of death given to Paul. But that of Peter was painful death. Because Paul was what? A Roman citizen. And they have to treat him with honor by cutting off his head. These are people we are following and we are going to the same heaven. We want to write yet to heaven. Take yet to be a good and you can go on a song. Because I'm going to be the girl who could see what you did. Number two. The cross is the heart of the gospel. Yes. First Corinthians chapter 1 verse 18. That cross is what? Is power for those of us that believe. It's foolishness to those that doesn't have faith. But what? To us is power. Hallelujah. Number three. The cross is the basis of our salvation. What is the basis of our salvation? The cross. The cross is the basis. It is like the pavement through which our God's salvation was granted. What we are doing today is very, very good. You know, under this number three, there are three things that you have to see when we talk of cross. Hallelujah. Three major terms here. Number one is redemption. Number two is propitiation, and number three is what? Justification. What is number one is redemption. Redemption means to buy back. That means you are lost. You are completely lost. You are in the slave market, and someone came to buy you back, to purchase you back. That is redemption. Why propitiation? Propitiation means that someone must be able to satisfy the righteousness demanded. Yes, it will do. That is the Yoruba word. So you are Jesus became our word, propitiation. So that justification can what? Can happen. What is justification? You are declared what? Righteous. You are no longer guilty. You are discharged. You say you are you are now forgiven. Praise the Lord. If these three things have never happened in your life, then you must allow them to happen. So that when it will it won't be that you will get to gate of heaven. And you stand there, you are knocking. So nobody will enter heaven by knocking. No. Jesus said, when Jesus came as the bridegroom, all others what? They, they enter with him. Not after him. Not before him. But they enter with him. That means they enter together. And as they enter, who locked the door? I'm asking you, who locked that door? It was Jesus himself. It was Jesus that locked. He did not put gate man there. He locked the door. Another came and they knock. And when they were knocking, he opened and he saw them. He said, Who are you? He said, We are we are waiting for you since. Okay, I don't know you. You are too late. He locked the door. Praise the Lord. In the time of Noah, who locked the door of the ark? I'm asking you. It was God. If it is Noah, you're your man, yeah. I'm on my 
your mother and my mother and my grandmother, they are going to the same day. Don't forget, say one day if you come buy something for me and I say go with the money. Are you hearing me? You have allowed them to enter, but it was gone. So you must know it is not your pastor that will lock the door. It is not your bishop that is confusing and deceiving you that will lock the door. Who will lock it? It is Jesus. If you are not inside, no way inside again. So we must know that the cross that we are celebrating today is the basis of our Christian life. So now, you know, after this sermon, now the service is over. And that's why I want to do it in form of teaching. You need to ask yourself, why do we talk today, Good Friday? Is there anything good there for Jesus? It was not good for him, but good for us. That's why we call it Good Friday. It's good for you, I mean, because somebody took away your what? Your sin. And die on the cross. So, redemption is for you. Propitiation, Jesus did that and has given us justification. Let's go. Number four. The cross made and created a new relationship between the Jews and what? And the Gentiles. In a, in a day like this, by 3 p.m., the Bible says the what? The cutting. Tongue. So, you know, if you are paid to, if you study your Old Testament very well, you will discover that when the temple was built, there are three uh, things. We have the holiest, which we call holy of holy, then we call this place holy. And that is why you choir, you are sitting on the holy place. If we are following the pattern of the temple, you are seated. What? The holy place. And the Bible says in the book of Isaiah 52, 11, that you are carrying what? The vessel of the Lord, you must also be what? You must be holy. So, the Gentiles have no access to what? To the temple. But when Jesus died, there was an access. Number five, on the cross, Jesus became our substitute. Titus chapter 2, verse 14. Jesus became our what? Our substitute. Yes. If I want us to examine that Titus, the letter of Paul to his beloved son. Titus chapter 2. And we shall read just a verse. If you are there before me, you can read. That is verse 14. Who gave himself for us? Yes. Thank you. Amen. Yes. That is God for you. I equally want to read Hebrews chapter 9, 13 to 15. For in the blood of bulls and gold, and the ashes of an ephah sprinkling the unclean, sanctified to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, put your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? And for this cause he is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death 
for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the first testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. Hallelujah. Then 23 to 26. It was therefore necessary that the patterns of things in the heavens should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ is not entered into the holy place made with hands, which are the figures of the truth, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Not yet that he should offer himself often, as the high priest entered into the holy place, every year with blood of others. For then must, be, must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world, but now once in the end of the world had he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Hallelujah. So he has done that for us. He is our substitute. Number six. On the cross, God chose to buy us back by offering his begotten son in exchange for us. He determined to buy us back, to pursue us back, so that we can become his forever. And how did he do that? John 3.16, he gave his only begotten son. Number seven. Seven. On the cross, the shepherd died for the sheep. John chapter 10, verses 10 and uh, 11. John 10, verses 10 and what? And uh, 11. The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd, the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Praise the Lord. So Jesus gave his life for us on the cross. Number eight, Jesus became what he was not, that we might become what we were not. Yes, Jesus became sin so that we would be righteous. Jesus became poor so that we can be rich. He became poor on the cross. You know, the, Jesus did not live as a beggar. Jesus never lived as a what? As a poor man. And that was why you discovered that they were fighting upon his garment. He was not wearing rag. Was he wearing rag? He was not. Jesus was not poor. He became poor. Understand? He what? He became. So, Odi Talita. He was not poor. But what did he do? He became one so that you and I can be rich. So that you and I we can be righteous. So he became OT. Became what he was not so that we can become what we are not. Number nine. Before I gave you the last one, which the Son of God became the Son of Man. So that the sons of men might become and call the sons of God. Second Corinthians chapter 5. I want us to read verse 21. 2 Corinthians 5. Let's read verse 21, which is the last verse. 
He had made him to be seen for us who knew no sin. That we may be made the righteousness of God in him. Hallelujah. He knew no sin. And the last one, which is number 10, Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world by his death on the cross. John chapter 1, verse 29. John said, Behold, the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Has he taken away your sin? Have you surrendered everything to him? Are you dancing and rejoicing today because there is hope for you? You know, on Sunday we'll be celebrating resurrection again. I pray you will resurrect and live with him in Jesus' name. Amen. What are the benefits of this suffering on the cross to Jesus and to us? You know, the Bible says he humbled himself even to the point of dying on the cross and he was elevated, he was promoted to the point that what? He was given a name that is what? That is above every other name. was given a name that was above every name. Number one, Jesus' suffering on the cross showed the devastating nation of sin. The wrath of God, that's number two, the cruelty of humanity and the hatred of Satan. Let me come again so that you can understand what I'm saying. The suffering of Jesus on the cross showed that this, it manifests the devastating nature of sin. How deadly sin could be. When you are committing sin, how, how dangerous your life. Sin is very dangerous to our lives. That's number one. Then the wrath of God because of sin. Praise the Lord. Do not forget that God is love. Abby, can I hear you? But God is also a consuming fire. Yes. God is love. If any alone, to bow low to Marina. In a good room. So, it's better you enjoy it. That God has on that side. You will not go there. Amen. I can't hear you. Amen. amen. That's Moses now. He will tell you that the other side of God is not good. Yes. Ask David. He will tell you, see the other side of God, even as a beloved. It's not the best. You will not see his other side. You know, when Jesus was on the cross, he saw the other side of God. He was saying, Father, why have you forsaken me? Did God answer him? Never answer him. That was the other side. Hallelujah. Amen. So the wrath of God and the cruelty of humanity. Then he as wicked as we are. And the last one is the hatred of Satan. Yes, Satan hates you, my brother. He really hates you with passion. And that is why you must not fall to him at the end of your life. It is better for him attacking you now, threatening you now, uh, stoning you or doing one thing or the other so that you can, you can reverse, so that you can say you recant, so that you can say I don't follow Jesus again. It's better you are strong enough to make sure you don't allow that one to happen. Because if you eventually enter his camp, uh, that can be dangerous. God forbid in Jesus' name. Now, the second benefit, at Calvary, mankind was allowed to do his works 
to the Son of Man as he became the, Rede the Redeemer of mankind. A true stone at him. Okuloko. They nail him. They mock him. They even said, make sure he never what? Resurrect. Yes, God allowed all those things to happen so that we can have redemption. Number three. Satan may thought that he had won a great victory, but it was through the cross that the Son of Man triumphed over Satan, triumphed over sin, triumphed over death. In the book of Colossians chapter 2, verse 15, and John chapter 12, verse 31. Anyone you see there, you read for us. John 12, 31. If that is the one you see, you can read. Now the judgment of the world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. Now is the judgment of this world that the prince of this world will be what? Cast out. Yes, if you are Colossian, you can read Awara Colossi. Are you there? We see Colossians before Philip, Philippians. See one there. Colossians chapter 2. We are going to read verse what? Verse 15 says, And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in what? In it. So no power, no principalities can just destroy your life. And this is the last one, number four. Jesus suffered and died in order to secure salvation for all who will believe in him. So, that is the end. And this is where I'm going to stop. Jesus died so that uh, to give us salvation, your salvation is secure for all who will believe in him. In summary, the cross is the power of the gospel to save mankind. From the wrath of God, that is coming upon the earth, particularly anyone that rejected the message of the cross. The message of the cross is foolishness to those that perish, but it is power of God to those that believe. Remember, the cross is the way back home. The way of the cross is the way back home. And not only that, no cross, no crown. Be on your feet. We are going to pray.